Hello and welcome everyone to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. Tonight we have Miss Estella Gibson and she is going to just knock your socks off with incredible information. But before we jump into all of that, let's jump in to this. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light, and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. And we're back. So, welcome everybody. If you are here live, please drop down in the comments below where it is that you're watching from, and let's pull you in, because tonight is going to be a lot of questions, I think. Hello, Facebook user. Make sure you punch that button so I can see who you are. So, okay, Estelle, share with us. We've got something running down here on the ticker underneath us yep. about a money story guide. So yes. why am I talking about money? Why are we talking about this? Changing some type of story. Yes. All right. Spill it, girl. What's up? All right. So thank you for having me. First of all, April, I'm glad to be here. And I'm always talking about money. <laughs> so if you see me, I'm usually talking about money. So um, the Rewrite Your Money Story Guided Journal is based on kind of it's based on my story. So when I went through my divorce, I uh, had to rebuild my life financially and emotionally. And I was left with a house I couldn't afford and bills I couldn't pay. And you might be thinking, were you a financial professional? Yes, I was. But um, what I realized by going through some of the processes that I went through and rewriting my money story was one of them, that during my marriage, I reverted back to what I learned growing up, that one person manages all the money. So here's what happens. We all have stories throughout our life. And we all have what I call a money life cycle. Your money life cycle starts when you're a child. And when you're a child, you're on the receiving end of money. You're learning about money, possibly through chores, but you're usually getting gifts or being on the receiving end. Then as you become a teenager, you might have your first job. You might be learning about money um, through you know, buying things that you want, but you're still sort of on the receiving end. Then as you become a young adult, maybe you go to college, you now begin what I call investing and accumulating. You're investing in friends, in your education, in maybe a new job, and you're accumulating things and um, sometimes debt. And this continues as you get into young adult career, you're accumulating experience, certifications, and also more debt, Getting you're getting assets, you're getting a car, maybe a home. So as you travel through all these phases of your money life, you have stories that you accumulate. And you continue on the, the last couple of phases are when you have a family. Now you're investing in other people. You're investing in your children, maybe your children's education. You're buying a home. Maybe you're, um, you know, yeah. investing accumulating in different ways. And then in your final phase, when you're going to your next act or, act or retirement, you're now creating a legacy. So all the accumulation phase has happened. And now 
you're moving more into the giving phase of leaving a legacy and giving to your family and leaving something behind. But like I said, throughout these phases, we have money stories. And the most um, probably influential money stories that you have are in your early years. And I always say, it's not what's said, but it's what's seen in your home. Think about that. Because a lot of times we don't talk about money. And in some families, we don't communicate about a lot of things. But as a child growing up, you absorb what you see and what you experience. And so our money stories are accumulated on what I call four levels of beliefs. So you have money stories based on the society that we live in. So if you live in the United States, if you live in a different country, if you live in a third world country, the stories that we have and share about money are different. They're all the same for us that are like, let's just talk about the United States. You know, what we think about money, credit card, debt, saving, working hard, you know, all these things about money are um, at that level, the society that you're born into. The next level is your community, whether it's a geographical neighborhood or community, your church community, your school community. And now with social media and uh, the internet, your social media, you know, there's communities on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So there's a community of information that you belong to. You belong to these communities and the shared information. There's a belief about money that can run through those communities. So society, community, and there's two more, your family. So there are levels of beliefs at the family level. So you can probably think of you know, a family motto about money. It could be, we have to work hard for our money. We have to save all of our money. We have to get use debt for all of our, our spending. We have, you know, there's all kinds of beliefs that we have at the family level that we share just from our family of origin and even our grandparents, aunts and uncles. So our family has different um, philosophies and beliefs about money. And then at the personal level. So if you've had a business, lost a business, had a job, lost a job, got been bankrupt, you know, uh, been divorced, uh, been through situations about money. So you have stories and beliefs about money on your own personal level. So when people say, you know, understand your money story or your limiting beliefs, it's not as easy as we think because we actually have those four levels of beliefs that are going on and we're really not conscious of it. You may not have even thought about it yourself. So the question for you to think about is, what are the beliefs that I have from the environments that I've grown up in? And that's one of the things, uh, this journal, it takes you through three, three steps. Uh, and the second step is understanding your own money story. So it takes you through prompts to walk you through the process of going through these four levels of beliefs and understanding what they are for you. Now, why it's really important is and I'll just share my own personal story. When I started doing this work, I had an anchor belief um, that I realized about not, I wouldn't have enough money. It wouldn't be enough. I could never make enough. And what I realized was that, and it's true for every belief, underneath every belief is a core belief. And for me, it was the core belief of not enough. 
not enough time, not enough money, not enough energy, not enough love. And so a lot of times when I work with people on their, um, their beliefs, their money beliefs, we reveal the core beliefs. And then they begin to see how these money beliefs, core beliefs bleed through their whole life. And when they begin to shift some of these beliefs, they can begin to make progress and shift their really their whole life. So for me, that's what happened. I started to see how that anchored belief of not enough was was running everything. And I've seen it time and time again with my clients that the beliefs that, that we reveal really reveal what's going on in every area of their lives. So it's really powerful. Excellent. That That is something really, really um, I think it's it's powerful and connecting. And we were talking off camera just a little bit and she proposed a question and we were talking about money as a tool and we have to touch it and work with it every day. And you want to say what, you know, where, what you said to me about money? Yeah. Is there anything that you can think of that doesn't, you're, that doesn't, it's not affected by money. Money affects everything. Can you think of anything that it doesn't your relationships your health your your home your career i mean it, it affects every area of your life yeah and in that impact of every day of our life i i also was kind of talking about you know you can make choices to not touch certain things within your life right there's certain vices in your life that you're like oh i'm good i can stay away from that and i'm not saying that money is a vice but it can be this story that feels like it entangles us or like you said, there's not enough of it or I don't know how to keep, keep track of it. Or, right. you know, I remember going into my, um, well, I won't, I won't reveal names, but I went into a home one time yeah. and there was loose change everywhere. And this particular um person was saying, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. And I just remember looking at my young age thinking, well, there's some there and there's some over there and there's some over there. And I couldn't understand what, what they were saying. And I, I don't know. I was like, maybe because it's not paper dollars that that's just throwaway stuff. And I remember just within the next few weeks of that, listening to a story about a man who works and works and works and he does a variety of jobs and one of his jobs is he cleans out and empties um the trash units from car washes so the vacuum units and he takes it with a screen dumps it in shakes it out he has he finds enough of the free money from the vacuum places at car washes that he would take his family to disneyland every year for wow. 20 years and I was like, see, there is money. There's different way of looking at things. Absolutely. So anyway, kind of an interesting comment about that. So with the story, you said the second you said the second part is where we get into this four things. So yes. how do we introduce? Like what do we get started with with your journal? So we get started with uncovering your beliefs about money. So the story is built based on beliefs. So it's based on a model of your words equal your thoughts, lead to your beliefs, lead to your actions and experiences. So we've got to take a look at what's what your beliefs are. So um, I talk about people getting becoming aware 
in three different levels. So there's three levels of awareness. Okay. And so the first level is your sleep. You just kind of don't, you're just going through the motions in your life and everything's going on and, and you're usually routine and you might have some bad money habits and those just keep cropping up and happening over and over and over and over and over again. And then the second level is your level of awareness where you become awake. And unfortunately, usually something happens to you where you wake up and go, I ought to make some changes, whether it's a divorce or a death in the family or a lost job or whatever. So this is where we begin to become aware and want to make changes. Or you can listen to something like this podcast and you can make a conscious choice. But a lot of times people don't make these kinds of changes unless something happens. So the first step is to uncover your beliefs. So you're either looking to make that happen because something is going on in your life or you, you know, get into this awareness and go, I need to see what's going on. Things in my life, my money life are not working the way I want them to. I'm behind on bills. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm in debt, whatever that is. And um, it's, it, there's always a deeper problem. So we have to start with the beliefs. I always I tell people that people come to me with money symptoms. All those things I just named, like living paycheck to paycheck, stressing, worrying about money, getting behind on bills, being in debt. Those are money symptoms. And it's like as if you went to a doctor and you went with a sore arm and the doctor just gave you pain medication and sent you away. But what if there was a deeper problem? What if you had an infection or you had something broken? you probably wouldn't heal very well and you would have come back to the doctor because the pain might go away for a while, but it would probably come back. And it's kind of like that with your money, that people come to me with these money issues, but there's a deeper problem. And you've probably seen it in your life where people get into the same scenarios about money, where they'll get in debt and they'll get out of debt and then they'll get back in debt and they'll get a job and they'll lose a job. And so this is what continuously happens because they're not getting to the deeper part, which is the belief. So we want to start with uncovering your beliefs about money and going through a series of questions to have you become aware of what it is that you believe about money. All right. That leads me to a big question. Yes. For you married people out there, for anyone who lives together, who do like a, a shared income source of some sort. My question is, if one party one party of the group, either the spouse, the, the partner, whomever it is that you're living with, and you're sharing this combined income. If one person has the awareness and wakes up and is like, well, I need to change, get your journals and starts. The other person keeps continuing with their own money story and beliefs. Is it possible that one part can still make the progress even if the other party is too afraid, too scared, you know, whatever their core belief is, can't, is it still possible or is it like, mm, nope, both need to be on this, this train to make it happen? No, you don't have to need to be on the same page because everybody has, it's complicated because you have different money stories, different, you know, um, money beliefs, money stories. You don't have to be on the same page, but if one person starts to make changes and if they can share that information, the other person will see changes being made. 
So they might see a difference. And I work with couples. And one of the things that I do as I work with couples is bringing them into awareness of these kind of concepts and awareness of, you know, you can share your money story. It might spark something for the other person so that they have an aha and they start thinking about it. But one of the key pieces is communication and awareness. Because when I work with couples, most of the time, they don't have a clue that any of this is going on, right? So they don't know that they even have a money story. They just are acting out their behaviors and they don't really see the dynamic of what's going on. And sometimes they believe that the behaviors are purposefully regarding and about them when, when they realize that this is just some story. It has nothing to do with them. It's a story that was played out based on your history, it relieves a lot of pressure because when you're in a couple, you kind of look at each other and compare each other and sort of blame each other, you know, and, and take actions that the other person takes personally. And when people start to see that it's step back and see that these are stories that were built over time that really had nothing to do with them, it really helps them have some separation um, from it seeming like it's all about them, you know, and their spouse. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So it's really helpful to, to see um, if as a couple, one side might have the awareness, the other side's not quite ready yet. And so working through with time, possibly as they see the changes happen, they might start to ask some questions. If they never come to the table, you still, you still have the ability to work through your own story and yep, improve. Absolutely. Because you can only control what it is you can do, only yourself. So I yeah. still encourage that to keep, don't let that stop you, keep no. pushing forward. Yeah. And one of the first things I have couples do is go what I call on a money date. <laughs> so uh, there's all kinds of rules about the money date. And the first rule is do not talk about money where you normally talk about money because you you have built up a lot of energy and um, you know pre-existing ways of you know reacting and being with other each other when you talk about money in a certain space. So the first assignment is you know spend time putting together this date and don't do it in a place where you normally talk about money and then come up with an agenda of what you want the purpose of this money date and what you want to talk about. And, and the reason to do it is to set aside a time so that you are in the space to talk about this kind of information. And then I have like certain things you can pick from to talk about, whether it's, you know, specific issues that are going on or, Hey, what do we want? What are our goals for money? What, you know, what do we want to talk about in these meetings? But it's really to set aside between 15 minutes to an hour. I wouldn't go more than an hour where you specifically only talk about money. Awesome. And that's something really, really important to be able to have that communication. And if you're not quite there yet, keep working at it. And yeah. at least for yourself. So this is going to lead me into another question, which <clears throat> on this question, I, uh, I shared a little bit with um, the group that I work with, with domestic violence. And a lot of the times, much of the time, when we are trapped, stuck, isolated, mm -hmm. and you can name the thing physically, emotional, spiritually, whatever the abuse is, 
financially, there's something connected with that. I would say it is a huge base because many, much of the time are leaving and coming back and are leaving and coming back. Yes, it has to do with something that's familiar, even though it's not healthy, but really we might be in absolute financial entrapment. I mean, Absolutely. it took me nine years to build my way out financially to be able to provide because I knew if I left, I knew welfare and child support was never going to happen. I just knew that. So I didn't have this fantasy of pretending. I just, it was not even part of the equation. Mm -hmm. This is going to be up to me to mm -hmm. figure this out. And that took time. Yeah. But we, we shared this on the, the website about this whole program that you have. So will you, will you share a little bit about that? Yes. So um, for people in fi what I call financial abuse situations, you know, there's some, it, it's, it's a trap. And the statistics show that 98%, I think it's actually 99% of women in domestic violence situations are experiencing financial abuse. So the first piece is to understand and recognize that you are in a financial abuse situation and what that means. And so there are telltale signs. If you do not have access to money, if you do not have access to accounts, if you don't have access to passwords, you know, if you have to report everything you spend your money on, then you have to consider that you are in a financial abuse situation. And then understanding that is first. So it's kind of a three-step thing, awareness, information, and support. Awareness is the first piece. This is what's going on with me. The second piece is gaining information, getting access to your information, even things like social security cards, bank account information if you can, personal information, anything that you can get access to and begin to put together you know, a, a bit of a safety plan as fast as you can and as much as you can start, you know, saving money any way that you can start, you know, socking that away and start getting access to, to doing that, you know, creating some independence. If you can start your own bank account, if you can get your own debit or credit card, even to start getting those things in place, if you don't have access to them now, because you, you have to start building those financial pieces because you have to have those to get on your own to get a you know some place to live to to you know start a life you have to start building these assets and then start putting together a safety plan start looking for where am i going to live what housing am i going to have do i have to rely on family and friends do i need to look for some kind of assistance whether it's from a shelter or um you know a domestic violence you know advocate or any resources that you can i i talk with people all of the country. And the first thing I do is I start to look in the state that they live in, in the location that they live in. Are there any domestic violence shelters? Is there a YWCA? You know, what's available that you can get support? And then, you know, looking, if you are working, getting workplace safety. If you've got a restraining order, if you have information in, you know, let your employer know, you know, that you, uh, so that you can feel safe at work and then securing your personal information, you know, starting to do that because there's so much information online that if you are trying to you know, separate that somebody's going to try and find you, you've got to start securing that information so that they can't, 
you know, find you and find your information. So those are some of the things to get started on. And um, the Allstate Foundation has a really great, um, uh, it's an online program, actually, uh, self-paced. It's called Moving Ahead. And it's got information and um, videos and uh, slides that you can go through that has some of this information in and links to information for resources that can help you, whether it's legal information or financial information or housing or, you know, school information, information for your children's child support. There's tons of information out there. You just have to get connected to the support. Right. And connecting in with that support, I think, is, is incredible. So thinking about this journal that you have and rewriting your money story, if you have been in an abusive situation, if you have a family of origin where these things of not enough are happening and whatever, the story that you have really needs to, if you really want to make a change, you got to, you know, be be brave enough yeah. to start that. And remember, with time, all this doesn't have to be done at the same time. No. But. <laughs> I do encourage it sooner than later because the tool that money is so you don't find yourself stuck again or back into a really terrible debt thinking, well, I'll just hook up with somebody else and then we can right. is that you haven't solved anything. Just like her example of the, the arm that was hurt. That's just another little pain medicine. There's probably deeper things happening there with your arm. So we really need to get down and deep. So. Yeah, the other thing, April, that it helps with many women that are in abusive situations are emotionally abused. And so they lack confidence. They lack self-esteem. They don't think and they're told you're never going to make it without me. You're not going to make it on your own. So, you know, one of the things in working through some of these beliefs for people that are in domestic abuse and domestic violence situations is to start to reprogram some of those you can use, you know, the money story belief thing in the beginning, you can start to reprogram some of those lies that you're being told because they're not true about you. You can make it on your own. You, you know, are not a weak person. You are not a stupid person, but you, you know, you may have been told this and you may have believed it, but it is not true about you. And so you have to begin to reprogram that thinking also. That's right. And reprogramming that thinking is part of how this whole journal and the and the story works. So I highly encourage everybody to go ahead out, get out there and grab this because we know we have some financial. Uh, this is the sign for awkwardness. That's all I'll say. <laughs> financial awkwardness happening right now without getting into yes. anything else. And so the planning of things and the changing it it is now is the time and i'm going to take my own advice on this i'm grabbing this journal tonight and i'm going to go down a little deeper i've have failed like i've cleared a lot of things which is great steps and i got the nudge it was actually really interesting how i got this nudge stuff <laughs> so i got a strange email from somebody saying i help people um with their money their finances with whatever, whatever, with people with domestic violence. So I went and checked it all out and there were just a few articles. That was it. So I'm like, I'm calling my girl, Stella. <laughs> what do you have? And she was like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, that's it. And then I got another little bump. It's your turn. I was like, oh, okay, my turn. Okay, we're going to do this even better. And it's, it's going to, 
it's funny to see the timing mm-hmm. and the confidence and the ability to say, yeah, there, there's nothing, there's nothing, it, it is time. Let's, let's move forward here. And so I am a really appreciative of all of this. So before we, we close anything up tonight, what would you like to share with the rest of the world that, that is that message that just kind of pings right there for, for all of them? Oh, well, the, the, the core message is you do not have to be an expert. You just have to be informed that you don't this doesn't have to be hard or difficult and you don't have to study and learn everything. These are simple things that you can do and that you can do it. You just have to get started. Wonderful. Let's get this rolling. Let's get this thing started. So again, running on the ticker underneath, we can see that this is available on Amazon. Um, Is it available other places to rewrite your money story? Yep. You can go to writeyourmoneystory.com. Or my website, you can go to my website and um, there's a there's a click down for where it's available. And um, yep, get your copy today. Awesome, awesome. And we really want to be able to give you that support, get out there and start to change your money story to see really how things can happen for all of you. And before I let her go, guess what, guys? She got a book coming out. Woo, woo, another book. So we're going to be a two-time Author, here, you want to give like a little yes spoiler alert here? Yes, of, yes, yes. In and out. So, um, my book—it's called "Poor by Choice?" Question uh, mark. that again. Poor by choice? Question mark. So, are you poor by choice? Mm-hmm. And it's overcome the lies and create a new financial truth. And it's my personal story, and then helping you to understand the steps you can take to go from financial dependency to financial freedom. So. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And yeah. I, and I got the spoiler when this is coming out, I won't say anything yet. Yeah. Anything yet. But what I will say is that you guys be ready for the fall. Okay. I won't say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but really, thank you so much. The great, uh, because I've noticed a few different comments left on my website since we added your information onto it. And so I'm really, really, you know, having more resources available there it is huge. And your wonderful smiling face is very trusting and you feel like, okay, I can do this. And there really is a story that can change, add some new chapters there, put other things behind you and, and really that forward motion really can happen. If, if it still can, when you hear her story, you know where she came from and the opportunity she's had and the story and the messiness of divorce and rebuilding life again. And to now you can see her confidence. You know what she's talking about. This is real happening, life-changing stuff because it's a tool that we all need and we all use every day. So why not make it something you're no longer afraid of or not enough of or whatever the story is. And she's heard them all. You You can definitely and create the vision for your life because step three is then to upgrade your story. So you rewrite the story for the life that you want. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Right. Right. Okay. Wonderful. So this, thank you so much for being a part of this, the beacon of light podcast this evening. And it's been wonderful. So we will drop the links below down in Amazon. You have here running on the ticker underneath her, website so go there grab one 
and start to change your financial story today. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye.